Let's talk about trans fairy tale. Okay, hold on. Are we talking about a trans fairy tale or transgender characters in the anime fairy tale? <laughs> That's excellent. In this case, we're talking about uh, fairy tales circa 1900. I didn't really know about this, but there was a quite prolific author of fairy tales at this time period uh, named Andrew Lang, who produced a series of fairy books, quite a number of them. In all, there were 25 uh, stories in this collection, and they came from all different kinds of cultures. And surprise, surprise, he'll give you one reason why uh, Mr. Lang was so very prolific and able to produce so many works is because he had a wife who was uncredited, uh, Lenora Alanier. Who um, I was like, I was trying to remember what time period this was, and I was like, it wasn't cocaine, was oh, it? Yeah, well, that, that would have done it too, for sure. But his wife actually did uh, the majority of the translation for the books and remained uncredited on those books. Um, so we'll consider Facts. these uh, Lenora stories. <laughs> Good job, Lenora. All that to be said, you know, I, I was trying to find um, transgender fairy tales uh, because I was interested in seeing, like, you know, what we... Think about Shakespeare's sort of gender roles in theater, and we've talked about As You Like that It before. is my favorite play. It is the most trans play I have ever read, and it is amazing. And this reminds me of that. So the English translation for the story calls it The Girl Who Pretended to Be a Boy. But the story itself actually fits a little better with the original French title, which was, I'm going to butcher my French here, but Jovencel and Jovencu. Which translates to young woman, young man. The story itself is very interesting. It has to do with an evil emperor who took over a kingdom and put out a call that every kingdom would have their a prince from that kingdom serve 10 years in the uh in the military, in the army of the evil emperor. And in this kingdom, the lord of that kingdom had three daughters. And all three daughters wanted to test their mettle, so they tried to disguise themselves as men. But only the third daughter, Fet Fruners, was successful. And she was partially successful because she stole her father's talking war horse, who coached her... Oh my god! Oh my god! This is basically Mulan, but better. Yes. Coached her in the ways of how to be be a warrior. And her father tried to stop her, and she challenged her father, who turned into a wolf, and then a lion, and then a twelve-headed dragon. And as this article says, because fairy tales. And uh, then went on to fight a genie for some reason after that. This sounds like the best fairy tale I could have ever asked for. <laughs> it gets better. So... The story itself, you know, she is passing as a male and is feeling more uh, of a male gender. But the story itself does, at least the English translation, does a very poor job of of using uh, male pronouns until this thing happens. On her final quest, she robs a church, steals a vase of holy water, and as she is sprinting away on her horse, a hermit curses her. And this is the passage. It says, He fell on his knees and called his most deadly curse down on her head, praying that if the thief was a man, he might become a woman, and if she was a woman, that she might become a man. In either case, he thought that the punishment would be severe. And then 
the story switches pronouns because he was cursed by a hermit and is now a male person. And it goes on to say, but punishments are things about which people do not always agree. And when the princess suddenly felt that she was a really a man, she had pretended to be, and she was delighted. And if the hermit had only been within reach, she would have thanked him with her heart. And from that point on, they use he, him pronouns for fat fruiters. Wow, this is like, I can't speak for every trans person, but I'm gonna speak for every trans person when I say it. Like, this is basically the shared dream that trans people have. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's kind of wonderful. And I, I was struggling because I didn't know if I wanted to bring the story up because it, it was a little bit problematic at first. And then they they figured it out. And so they went on to have many other adventures and um, the transformation affirms his gender and he stole from a church. And it just is, is a lovely story. So um, I haven't got a chance to actually read the full fairy tale itself, but uh, I will be looking that one up and uh, it, it's seeing what <laughs> what joy we can get from uh, the girl who pretended to be a boy and then became a man because a hermit cur- cursed him. <laughs> I mean, this sounds like the perfect fairy tale there's i i have no notes other than perhaps the unintentional discrimination against this person but like as fairy tales go this is pretty up there for me I'm Anna, a transgender person. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender, a podcast chronicling my transition. And a cisgender man learning how to support it. I have an opening topic today. And it is because of some YouTube videos that are more conservative-leaning, meant to bolster the anti-trans rhetoric um, that occurs quite often. Fuck that. There were two videos in particular that, that have really struck me lately. Um, the first one is is a really, really popular meme among anti-trans people. And that is um, a presentation that Ben Shapiro gave at a college where after giving his presentation, a young woman stepped up and, and said to him that trans women are women. And his response to this uh, is quite a classic uh, trope. And that is, how old are you? And uh, she said she was in her 20s. And uh, he said, well, why aren't you 60? And the dumbfoundedness on her face, he took as I won. And I uh, obviously I get this. You can't just make up what age you are. Uh, And he goes on to say, and therefore you can't just make up what gender you are. It's against biology. I can tell. (laughs) What the fuck? Because I'm watching her face and the people around her and thinking she's not dumbfounded because you won the debate here, the argument. You shot down this 20-year-old, you you asshole. She literally was trying to think, like, how do I explain everything about biology and gender to you from this in platform? In, like, five minutes. In the yeah. middle, uh, with, with a hostile person on the other side of the, the microphone there. <laughs> Listen, to this person... You should come on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you the platform to do this very thing. Maybe not directed at Ben Shapiro, because I don't think he listens to us. And if he does, Ben Shapiro, (laughs) you can go fuck yourself. Keep listening to our podcast, though. It's probably really good education for you. We at least know basic biology here. It's good for a download Um, counts, too, Ben. So Yeah, Ben, you know, just download on all the platforms, um, you know. (laughs) 
before we continue, you were talking about this and my face was dumbfounded. I work in medicine. I know biology. Like, what the fuck does he think he's talking about? It's these, like, stabbing talking points. And, you know, I that's why I bring this up is because I think we need to have thoughtful talking points as allies so that we can begin to degrade some of these things that conservatives are learning to say in argument. And and that leads me to then another video that I stumbled upon, which was from the Family Policy Institute of Washington. And um, this man in a in a plaid button up decided to to lecture me through YouTube about how if you are a trans person and you're going to protest outside of his offices, that you'd better be prepared to be able to debate. And so there were some trans folks who had shown up to protest outside of this conservative organization. I, I don't really know what Family Policy Institute does. And honestly, I didn't feel like I needed to look it up for this. They remind me a bit of Focus on the Family or some of those other Christian That was rights. kind of my first instinct as well organizations and so with these trans protesters outside and a lot of media attention uh, put on that he said that he was trying to spark a debate between him and these young trans people and what he was doing instead is lecturing them not allowing them the opportunity to speak and what he said was i don't think that trans people should be allowed in women's spaces because women feel like they want to be there with their young children and they want to be able to make choices about who is around them when they are changing in the gym or going to the restroom. Okay, before I hear your thoughts on this, let me just dismantle this argument bit by bit. So this is a cis white man mansplaining to trans people that women who this man is not a part of that demographic want trans people out of women's spaces and not like clearly he's meaning just trans women but like he said trans people which i assume that he is thinking well only trans women exist but like does that mean that trans men aren't allowed in men's or in women's spaces either like that's probably a good thing but also like what the fuck right so yeah like also when these fucking conservatives are like i want to debate there's nothing to debate about it's one side lecturing the other side about what you are supposed to be in the case of like queer and trans folks or these these gotchas you know or yeah ha i you know i had this thing so i just want to add this to this because i want to really hear you dig deep into your thoughts on this but then he said to this trans woman are you a parent and she said no i mean she looked young um like she was yeah. you know in college um and he said well then you wouldn't understand what it's like to protect your kids and that was it was again it was just a gotcha it was such a it was such a pull out and stab move and honestly i just all i could do is watch this poor trans woman go what does that have to do with anything we're talking about here do you like to save money i know i do that's why i've started using upside Upside is an app that gives you cash back on your everyday purchases. I personally save up to $0.22 cents per gallon on gas, and there are deals for up to 30% back at restaurants. And if you use our offer code, you can save an additional $0.15 cents per gallon on your first gas purchase and support the transgender while you're at it. Just go to Upside.com to get the app and use offer code Cameron 634 Nine three six. That's C A M E R O N six three four nine three six to get fifteen more cents off when you fill up your tank. 
Make your dollars go further with cashback from Upside. Audience at home, you couldn't see my reaction to that. I, that, yeah, I don't have kids of my own, but I assure you that I could probably do a hell of a better job protecting kids than this fucking asshole of a man could. Even if he does have kids, because he doesn't understand the basics of society or biology or anything. So, quickly going back to our discussion on conservative folks saying, I want to debate. The other thing is that us as trans folks, there's nothing for us to debate. Like, this is our, this is our life. This is our identity. This is science. This is biology. And so what they're saying is wrong and not factual. And what we're saying is lived experience and it's factual. And there's nothing to debate there. Like, that, that's not a debatable topic. Debatable topics are things that you can disagree on, but don't necessarily have, you know, like, solid facts backing them up. Or even if they do, it's, like, not the specific thing that you're debating. Like, what these transphobes want to do is say oh, well, you're trans, and so clearly you don't know your own body. You don't know anything about biology or whatever. And and as a trans person, I say, are you sure about that? Because I have lived experience, and I talk with doctors frequently. It just, it boggles my mind, especially the argument, you know, this is biology, because there's no basis there. Like, give me a repeatable scientific study that shows me that trans people are not proven in biological sciences. Well, it's once again the mistake that people make about gender and sex, you know? And, yeah. And if if only, if only somebody can take a pause and a breath and think about, okay, so we have already in, let's just say 200 years, changed a number of things about gender roles and how we view gender and uh gender assignment of colors alone we used to put pink things on on boys and that was more common than putting blue things on boys and so the this whole concept that like this is all it's ingrained you know 2000 years and Jesus died for our gender um is is just not <laughs> It's not going to fly because if the argument is biology, then let's talk about biology. And and we, we've been very upfront that biology is fact, but biology yeah. is also a lot more than the binary too. So if we're going to yeah, talk well, about and, bi- and biology, you can't just talk about boy parts and girl parts. So No, and, and biology supports trans people. Like that right. is not even a debatable fact. That nope. is just a fact. Biology supports trans people. Um, also, I just want to come out ahead of everybody and say, we will be making a t-shirt that says, uh, Jesus died for my gender. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be something that we do. You know, I, I haven't talked about my hate of Aristotle on this podcast yet. I will probably do a full episode on this, but I absolutely hate Aristotle. He is basically the reason for all of society's gender roles and how we kind of expect boys and girls to act and i say that in quotes because i don't believe that there's any such thing as how a boy or a girl or any child should act like children are going to act as they need to act and so like the argument of like well like these are ingrained in our society are not false we also need to look at all the progress that we've made because even a hundred two hundred years ago there were There were not very many good 
cases of trans people being supported in society and we're starting to reach to that point where you know it's okay to be trans not like it has never been not okay to be trans but it is at least societally acceptable to be trans in certain communities and it is okay to be queer and is supported and society changes and let's keep up with that let's keep up with that so i think that's a good place to transition to Yet again, uh, talking about state legislation and how society is making things harder for people who are gay and trans. Uh, So tell me about the gay trans panic defense. Yeah, so let me just go ahead here and say I'm not a lawyer. I don't know jack shit about laws. Uh, But I have done some research and have just kind of gotten together a pretty basic outline of what was previously called the gay slash trans panic defense is now being called the LGBTQ plus uh, panic defense because the gay slash trans panic defense doesn't cover everybody in the queer community. My main sources for this are going to be the LGBTQ plus bar association, which we will link in the episode description and everybody should absolutely go and check out, especially if you are working in the law field, because it is a fantastic organization as far as I can tell. They are pushing legislation through that really supports the queer community and is getting rid of these really hurtful and, you know, bigoted laws and policies. So the LGBTQ plus panic defense is basically a legal defense of a form of insanity, a form of passion crime, where somebody who supposedly is fearful about a queer person presenting themselves coming on to however you want to phrase it to a probably cis straight person and that the defense can be used to say well i killed this person because i was afraid for my life which is complete bullshit let me just come out and say trans people queer people are not a threat to anyone more so than anybody else is you know there's there's always some risk in meeting strangers and everything but i assure you queer people are probably not very high on the list of people who are going to be the ones to commit a heinous crime and not saying that they don't obviously they do but i am more afraid of a cis straight white man (laughs) than i am of a not white queer woman you know but I digress. So this defense is currently federally and in quite a few states recognized still in 2022. However, it is currently banned. The defense is entirely banned in the District of Columbia and the states of California, Illinois, Rhode Island, Nevada, Connecticut, Maine, Hawaii, New York, New Jersey, Washington, Colorado, Virginia, Vermont, Oregon, Maryland, and New Mexico. And so in these states, it is illegal to use this defense. It is no longer a valid defense. You cannot be, you cannot use it in court. It will not be admitted. And juries cannot acquit using this um, legal defense. So you named off like 18 states. Yes. Which is fantastic. What's going on with the rest of states? (laughs) Yeah. So in Texas, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, and Minnesota. It is in legislation to be banned. In any of the states that I didn't list, which I think is about half of them, it is still a legal defense that you can use. If, say, I, a queer trans woman, were murdered in one of these states, 
a person would have a valid defense and argument to say, well, I killed her out of this fear for my life and this passion about, you know, like, I was afraid. And that is just complete bullshit. In the states where it's currently being worked on, it is currently sitting in legislation being worked through. In a lot of these states, I'm hopeful, especially in Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, like in a lot of these states, I'm, I'm hopeful that it will pass through. And a lot of these states introduced legislation in 2021. Although in states like Texas and Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, I'm a little bit more concerned about what this policy is actually being used for. It was introduced by Democrats, as far as I understand, in all of these states in either 2021 or 2022. But as you made a good point before we started recording, it can probably be used as a conservative defense of like, oh, well, look at me. I'm supporting the queer community by doing the bare minimum of passing this legislation through. And, you know, like... Right. Well, at the exact same time that there's anti-trans legislation being considered in these states or Florida's don't say gay bill, you know, like it's... It'd be talking outside both sides of their mouth if conservatives are backing this anti, you know, LGBTQ panic legislation, while at the same time are pushing these really transphobic and problematic types of legislation in their same states. So This is the bare fucking minimum. The fact that in certain states, it is still fucking legal for me to be murdered because I am queer, because I am trans, is unacceptable. It's absolutely... Well, and it's just that you're... If someone is murdered from this, they don't get to have a voice. And so all that you get to hear, it reminds me of standard ground laws in general. You know, just the whole idea that the person who's dead isn't there to be able to say, nope, that wasn't how it happened. And so, you know, a good legal team would push somebody to say, oh, but were you afraid for your life? Was it because they were trans? And if that flies in our own state, I mean, it just drives me crazy that the state that we're living in, thank goodness there's legislation being considered, but we we are in a state where you are in danger of this really specific thing. Yeah. And of all the states that you listed, half of the United States and all of our territories aren't even considering you yes. know, legislation that will get rid of this. So and uh, in we, states we still have that, a long road to go. Well, and you know, in states that I kind of expected to be passing this legislation like most of the coasts on both east and west are considering it but you know like louisiana i mean i know that it is conservative but i feel like they have a lot of expression and identity there and it's just really concerning to me that like they don't they're not even considering repealing this law so you know like it's it's really concerning it is also the banning of this defense is being worked through federally right now. It is um, being proposed. It has been proposed in both the House and the Senate. But, you know, with our current political climate, I'm really unsure of if that will actually end up going anywhere right now. And so, you know, as sort of a final closer on this specific law, the last time that somebody was fully acquitted based on this specific defense was in 2018. You know, I know that with the pandemic, time seems to be skewed. Uh, (laughs) But like, that really is not that long ago. That is so recent that it's really quite concerning, especially living in a state that still has this in place. So one of the resources that you had brought to this table, and we're always happy to find groups that are advocating for queer and trans people, was the LGBTQ plus Bar Association. And you had some really positive things to say about them. 
Yeah, so they are a advocacy group for the LGBTQ plus community and specifically for lawyers who are LGBTQ plus themselves or who work with LGBTQ plus people. They have a lot of really good mental health resources for lawyers and other legal workers. They have an interactive map that can tell you exactly what policies are being considered where in specific towards this LGBTQ plus panic defense. And they are just a super good resource if you want to stay up to date on sort of these really key LGBTQ plus issues. One of the most interesting things that they had talked about was there's a law that is being considered in the federal system right now that's called ACCESS. It's the Jury Non-Discrimination Act and Jury Access for Capable Citizens and Equality in Service Selection. That's basically a long-winded form of saying, this is a law that's going to make it so that you can't discriminate against jury members. Because right now, there's no federal guidance by the Supreme Court or the Constitution or anything like that that says that you cannot discriminate against jury members for their sexual orientation or their gender identity. The case that protected jurors who are not white men is protected in the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, and it was upheld by the Supreme Court in the case Batson versus Kentucky, which had, when selecting a jury, both parties may remove potential juries using an unlimited number of challenges for cause, such as bias. These are, you know, reasons that you might be unable to be an impartial juror for the case. Um, And then preemptory challenges, which you don't need to state a reason for. And you have a limited number of these, but in a lot of cases, still, to this day, they are used to strike black and brown jurors especially, but jurors who are not straight white cis men. And so, you know, the, the 14th Amendment with the Equal Rights Clause protects jurors for their race, sex, gender, national origin, It doesn't protect sexual orientation and gender identity, which is problematic. And so this access law that is being proposed is hopefully going to make it law that you can't discriminate against LGBTQ plus people for, you know, jury selection. And it's important to have that representation because if we're going to be (laughs) vetting these laws in these states where the panic law, we'll just call it that now, is still in place, we need to have jurors that are able to see diverse perspectives. Exactly. And one thing I'll say about all of this legislation, and, and something that I think I missed in our past conversations about legislation, is these laws that protect LGBTQ plus rights are absolutely supported. Two-thirds of people in our country believe that there should be protections, and that trans people are valid, and that trans healthcare should exist, and that trans athletes should be able to compete in the sport that matches their gender identity. It's unfortunate to have to spend so much time and energy battling one third of our country. The Um, the vocal minority. The vocal minority, because obviously allowing people to be who they are is the right way to move forward, and is the moral way to move forward. And I can only hope that more people will see that and that vocal minority will move on to other horrible things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to think yeah. about. You know, like, hey, you know, let's, I don't know, can the vocal minority like move on to supporting sea turtles getting strangled by plastic <laughs> can uh, 
rings, you know, I, I don't support that. But if they could just yeah. turn their attention to that and support that, like, that's a much better argument for us to kind of tackle and deal with than them just invalidating a whole, a whole, ma- a whole major portion of the U.S. and the general population. So uh, my gender euphoria this week is I have my surgery consultation coming up soon, and I actually had some really good appointments recently talking about sort of that whole process. And it's just, it's given me a reinvigoration of hope, especially after such a long period here of really hurting in my mental health and um, struggling. Just some really quick tip or points, you know, like, I'm probably on my maintenance dose of hormones, which means that if things stay as they are and are going well, that just means that I'm closer to getting top surgery. And that's also meaning that I'm closer to being able to live a pretty consistent life on my hormones without many of the side effects that I was experiencing for quite a while. Um, Yeah. And also like, it's, it's going to be a challenging time uh, (laughs) coming up with all these appointments, but especially because like it's it's very invasive you know they do a full pelvic exam they take photos they make sure that like you know you're a suitable surgery candidate and it's going to be kind of a lot and i will probably talk about these experiences using my platform here but overall you know the excitement is very high yay that is super exciting yeah if you have questions about transitioning or supporting someone who is transitioning and you'd like to talk about it on the podcast please shoot us an email to questions at transgendapod.com. Hit up our social media or hit the chat with us button on transgendapod.com. Be sure to check out our episode description for links to resources on today's topics, especially the LGBTQ plus bar association who are doing fantastic work. Thanks for listening. I've been Cam. I've been Anna. And this has been The Transgender. Love you all, except for Ben Shapiro and those fucking bigots.